Hello and welcome to the Voice Extra Podcast. My name is Tayo and I am here with... Sadna. And what are we here to talk about, Sadna? Um, we're here to talk about one of my articles that I just put up on Voice um, called A Very Brief History of Broken Schooling. Yeah, so um, you, as you've probably seen on the website, uh, this month we're doing something to do with the, like, the new school curriculum. So ideas for how we would change the curriculum to make it better suit the world we're moving into and where better to start than where we've had in history so Sardner's done a great article on this that will be linked so I'm just going to start with the first question uh, when did schools start in England well like the first um act or like piece of legislation to deal with education was like in the late 1800s and then after then bit by bit um education became compulsory um for between the ages of like five and twelve ish um and it was kind of like a more localized system essentially that was kind of um locally administered and there wasn't really any centralization which is kind of something that has changed which I go on a little bit about in my article and it's like a bit it's it's just interesting I think to look at how European models of education versus our model of education kind of have turned out um so yeah that's that's kind of the gist of it. Uh, What do you think are the pros and cons to having this more like centralized system? Um, I guess the pros, um, maybe not with our system, like ideally the pros would be, you know, giving everyone a really balanced worldview or giving everyone skills to, you know, things that everyone needs, like working in teams or mental health. These are like my personal things that I think, you know, would be really cool to have in a school system as like a thing that everyone was able to access um but the cons are that you know with our system there's several flaws you know and um that that centralization means that sometimes money only goes to some places or like the national curriculum fails to include everything maybe that we think is needed to prepare people for the future so you know there's like pros and cons maybe it depends on who's in charge of that centralization system or like who gets a say um because like at the moment i feel like there's a lot of um there's a lack of like students being able to have a big say in what what their schooling looks like um so yeah there's loads of pros and cons um and those are just a couple of the things i guess a big thing with that would be for something like history where because everything's nationalized you don't get to tell these kind of local stories and local histories which could help communities but yeah um what was the initial what would you say is the initial purpose of schools initial purpose of schools so like um like there's this thing called um factory education system which people think is like why like mass compulsory schooling in the UK was like made into a thing which was that schools were used to get people ready to go into factory work and manual labor and sort of things with like you know having loads of people in a little classroom 
being taught repetitive things and bells and uniforms and all these different sorts of things that were kind of people think that that's the aim of that was to get people ready to work in factories and with the sort of existing like even then in the time when those stuff was created like there was a big inequality between state and private schools where private schools would be obviously generously funded by um rich wealthy men and and the people there would be going into positions of power um and the state schools would be you know pushing out loads and loads of people like massive class sizes things like that which kind of has like dragged on um till now so yeah that was the the hist like sort of history of why people think compulsory mass schooling in the uk was sort of made into a thing do you think that purpose has changed over time i think i think that's that's what in that's what's interesting because like like i talk about in my article big disproportionate amount of MPs are privately educated. So like only 7% of the UK population attends private school, but around 29% of MPs are privately educated. And it's even worse with like judges. Um, so like, obviously, those, those are powerful positions to be in in the country. So if those inequalities are continuing on, that suggests that like, those, those those differences between private and state schools have still continued on because of, you know, the funding thing and the fact that, like, if you're privately educated, you're more likely to have all these other things which really, really impact your experience at school or, like, how well you're doing at school and your academic performance and things like that. Uh, So how do you think these issues of class within the schooling system can be changed? How can they be changed? Um... That's a good question, and I just I don't know honestly. Um, it's obviously a much I think it's really superbly amplified exemplified in uh, in schools, but obviously classism comes in many many forms, and often we don't have deep enough discussions about it. And yeah, I think there's I don't know the solution. Um, but I think it's definitely something that we should start having more conversations about and start thinking about more. I can throw you like two suggestions and let me know what you think about them. Um, one of them is one that you've already mentioned in your article, which is the idea of abolishing grammar school. So how much, how do you, much do you think that would affect um, equality and like social mobility and all those kinds of things in society? Uh, grammar schools? Um, I don't know. I think the like abolishing grammar schools might not change like the deeply entrenched like classism that we live in today I don't think that's like enough but I think that like I don't know I haven't spent like I haven't got a chance any time within the school to be like whoa this is like the purpose of school this is where school came from this is why school is the way it is now um and like I've never been able to have a discussion about that um and I was just currently like talking to some people over lockdown about school and like having discussions with loads and loads of young people um about you know why is school the way it is 
is it really serving young people or is it just like being used as a tool to like maintain the status quo which is like a much bigger big question about school and what its function is um so I think having those conversations and really really including classism in that conversation and um thinking about that is a start to trying to um get get away from you know these inequalities yeah and there's another thing that's been floated um abolishing private schools so what do you think about that one abolishing private schools i don't know i think there's some obviously from private education we know that like you know having more funding for education is evidently making a big difference to people's lives so I don't know yeah maybe abolishing private schools I think I don't know I I really don't know but like if that will solve the problem but it's definitely something to think about and like maybe I don't know redistributing that money maybe like I think there's like such a big like there's so many options there's so many things we could do and I think we need to like think about it a lot and have start young people thinking about it um and I think that's thing that's kind of coming up right now with the A-level stuff um and people were ready ready to protest um people were organizing locally um for me and they were doing um postcode protests I think it was called um but then everything got changed so I don't know what happened to that but people are starting to think about it I think um so that's really cool so moving away from just England or the UK uh, you talk about schools as kind of like a site of colonialism focusing on residential schools what are residential schools so residential schools are sort of schools that were put in place during colonial expansion to kind of assimilate um, young indigenous people into Western culture. So it's pretty, it's pretty horrible, really. Um, So kids are taken away from their homes. Um, They're like, all their cultural ties are cut, their like ties with their family, Um, their language, everything is kind of pushed away from them. And they're forced to sometimes like in the past convert religion and things like that and start focusing on like learning English and maths and things that we learn here um, that might be useful to us. But it's kind of really, really distant from the their lives and where they're living and their locality. Um, so it's really, really messed up. And this kind of happened during the expansion this happened in canada america and all over the world um but it's sort of still happening which is the kind of scary bit um but yeah crazy yeah i think that's a lot and i think even outside of those residential schools how do colonial ideas kind of affect schooling currently within the uk or outside the uk um i think there's this like there's a really good documentary documentary called The White Man's Last Burden, I think it's called. Um, and it's just about like how, you know, there was this, you know, white man's myth that, you know, you had to educate the 
the locals and the savages and like there's like pictures of them like dragging people into schools and like where they'd become civilized in quotation marks um so like that that thing of like hierarchy of western knowledge still is super super prevalent um and that exists in like everywhere across the world um like for example in my like in philosophy um my a level i don't think we study anything that's not european i couldn't i couldn't tell you too much because i just started studying it but i don't think we do so it's like a, a thing that exists here in england and it co- exists across the world because you know that kind of mindset kind of sets in after countries have been colonized um despite them like that western knowledge hierarchy thing so yeah i mean i guess it's the same thing i oh i can say it's the same thing for um like politics i think when i did the political ideologies module they literally only had western ideologies the closest thing they had to a non-western ideology was a really vague thing about multiculturalism but even then that's kind of a western idea Mm. um so yeah i don't know it's it's yeah it's really strange not strange it's like it's like expected i don't know but it is i think it especially in um indian stuff like the ideal um i know from personal experience like the ideal is trying to obtain that western lifestyle still and that also comes through in education and like the stuff they learn um and that documentary kind of highlights it but um you know they start end up, end up like learning facts about their local environment like english names for the things that they exist like it, the plants that exist around them but they never like go out and look at them despite them being outside their like front door so um it's really really seeped into education kind of all over the world yeah I, it's kind of a really big and hard thing to kind of deconstruct but what do you think are some ways we could do it like what are some starting points to decolonizing education even if it's in like really small ways really small ways i think um just having a chat about it to be honest i think because like i think because because we never get to have these conversations in school because it's like you know you're being critical of the schooling system and like it's kind of weird to have that within school but like talking to other young people about like how broken schooling is um because often it seemed it's like seems like this good thing that no one wants to talk critically about and education is fundamental i think because that's where all the young people are at and um they're essential to making change and things so like just talking to people about it seeing what they think what their experience was because like often like i think aspects of schooling really don't work for a lot of young people or people have problems with it with it but never like think about that more deeply than just like oh my a level result got messed up because you know this stupid algorithm or like oh, I had this terrible experience, like sex, sexist experience at school or racist experience at school, but never think like, 
oh, what does that mean about the actual schooling system? How is this messed up? Um, so like really thinking about how, like how deep that stuff goes and why it's like that and who that is like benefiting, I think, um, is a really good start. And once like all those young people start talking, I think it really could go somewhere in like making a change about all these things. Yeah, I think that's probably a good place to end as any, just to really think more about the ways that education works in this country and more broadly and the kind of ideologies it has underneath it. Yeah. So if people wanted to see more of your work, more of your own education, more of anything else you do, to be honest, where would they find you? Yeah, you can find me on VoiceMag where I post some of my articles and also on Instagram at sadna.jpg. Yeah, exactly. So today's episode was made possible by Voice Magazine, an online platform for young people interested in art and culture. You can read Voice over at voicemag.uk and find it on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as VoiceMagUK. The Voice contributors also run their own Instagram account at voice.extra. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider helping us to make more with a donation of any amount at voicemag.uk slash donate. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to, The Voice Magazine podcast has weekly interviews with artists and leaders in the creative sector. And thanks to Kevin McLaren for use of the chat shaving mirror. You can find more of the stuff on incomptech.com. It's all like really great and there's a wide variety. I don't know how he does it. And Tom Innes was the executive producer of this podcast and is also the editor of Voice Mag. So please go give him thanks for this sort of stuff. And also please rate, review, stars, give it, give it all the stars. All that sort of stuff, like, if you want more of this stuff to happen, I guess. So, yeah, uh, thank you so much, and we will see you next week.